I thought there might be a couple of peaceful corners somewhere in Ukraine. That's not the case. This is in Kershan, and there was a protest. Ukrainians trying to push the Russians out. You'll hear a guy saying, go home, go home. We believe this is in Ukrainian, and this is how the Russians reacted. Wow, huh? Well, uh, it's still a mess. Joe Biden is going on Wednesday to the region to see if he can help. I don't think so. I'm not expecting too much from Joe Biden's visit. We'll be watching. In the meantime, here in America, confirmation hearings started today for Judge Ketenji Brown Jackson, nominated for the Supreme Court. Now, uh, as I was watching, I noticed how polite, how civil everyone seemed to be, deferential, extremely deferential. And I thought back to a little over three years ago, Judge Kavanaugh, remember what happened there? This is even before uh, Christine Blasey Ford showed up. He was two minutes in to his opening statement and all hell broke loose. The effective discharge of his duties depends. And the qual- Kagan's, this is another example of we're really interested in seeing them in the first place. But indeed, to protect individual liberty, the framers. So you see what's going on. It's righteous and good for liberals to protest conservatives by any means necessary. But when it's the other way around, No, no, it's not going to happen. Now, Judge Kavanaugh, uh, notice anything about him? He happens to be a, well, he happens to be a white male. You notice anything about Judge Jackson? She happens to be a black female, the first ever nominated to the Supreme Court. Uh, Race is a major, major factor here in how folks are treated in politics and it seems like everywhere these days. Now, Josh Hawley, Senator from uh, Missouri raised some significant questions about Judge Jackson's record last week. Look at what they did to him. Even Republican media, Senator Hawley's disingenuous attack against Judge Jackson's record on child pornography. Uh, the liberal Vox went further. Josh, Josh Hawley's attack uh, is genuinely nauseating. Okay. And Yahoo News, uh, a filthy attack, filthy attack on Judge Ketenji Brown Jackson, a hint at how low Republicans may go during her confirmation hearings. Um, now, what this is about, uh, I fear, is that Josh Hawley is a white man being critical of a black woman. And in today's society, you just can't do that, according to the left. Even people on the left who happen to be white say that. I'm asking for trouble here, because <laughs> here I am, an old, old white guy talking about race relations. This is what I'm saying to you. Why the rage, bruh? You, you, you're doing well, but you're a mean, mad white man. I think I'm just embarrassed. As a white person. We must not be cowed by the terror unleashed by white men drowning in the deep end of racism, xenophobia, and misogyny. I'm an old white guy, and I love Barack Obama. You can save me white men's tears. 
I don't need to hear that. We don't realize sometimes, especially as a white person, how impactful, how offensive they are. I just know gray-haired white guy in a suit, you know, <laughs> fairly boring. Right. Nothing more boring, insensitive, dumb than being a white man and nothing greater than being a black woman, according to, well, just about everybody on television. Seeing this woman, this beautiful, dynamic black woman on that show and just thinking anything was possible. She's clearly one of the most powerful black women on the planet. What I've known are powerful black women who've given me a sense of self-worth, a sense of dignity. Thank you. Thank you, beautiful black woman. I love you. Thank you. You take care. Thanks for representing. Now, I don't think normal people, uh, black or white, think or talk like this. Television sometimes brings out the worst in people. Um, Back to Kentenji Brown Jackson, uh, I think she's perfectly nice and she's probably really, really smart. And she said some powerful things that I am, I'm an admirer of hers. I must begin these very brief remarks by thanking God for delivering me to this point in my professional journey. My life has been blessed beyond measure, and I do know that one can only come this far by faith. That's beautiful. Amen to that. That doesn't mean uh, those senators have to vote for her. Admirable person. Her views, her ter- it may be totally wrong for the Supreme Court. We got to go through the record, and those People down there, Republicans in particular, can't be afraid because they don't like the optics, the optics, how things look. What about the substance? Okay, and on the substance, there are some serious questions that they ought to get to the bottom of. Soft on crime, a record of leniency against child sex offenders, and she supported the godfather of critical race theory, Derek Bell, uh, this guy who expressed um, admiration for Louis Farrakhan, known anti-Semite and bigot. I see Louis Farrakhan as a great hero for the people. I don't agree with everything he says and some of his tactics, but hell, I don't agree with everything anybody did. Called him a hero. That's a problem. That's a problem. They should pursue it aggressively. Now, Judge Jackson, not very long ago, said this man, well, was a fixture in her home. Professor Derek Bell wrote a book in the early 1990s about the persistence of racism in American life that he entitled Faces at the Bottom of the Well. My parents had this book on their coffee table for many, many years. Republicans, you are allowed to go there. You have to. And if you can't resign from the committee, there are plenty of people like Josh Hawley. Let him take over. And by the way, just because she went to a fancy law school doesn't mean much at all. Somehow they think that gives her a free pass. It didn't give Judge Kavanaugh a free pass. He went to Yale. Take a look. Put aside all the politics and the nonsense and just get back down to the qualifications of this nominee. Number one, graduating from Harvard twice with honors. Number two, nine years as a federal judge. Number three, private sector practice, public service. All of it's there. Yeah, like those are the credentials you need to even be considered um, qualified for the court. I mean, like they'll even look at your resume. You got to go to those schools. You got to have those kinds of jobs. Now what? 
Now what? Then you start asking the real questions. And it looks like there's some indication that Republicans, especially the men, are not going to go there. Marsha Blackburn, Republican of Tennessee, they're going to put it all on her. Why? Because she's a woman and they think it'll be easier for her. I just can't stand this, uh, this kind of thinking. And quite frankly, it's in a weird way biased and prejudiced against Judge Jackson, as if she can't handle tough questions from white senators. I mean, what the heck is that all about? What kind of mindset is that? I noticed Kamala Harris, she has some pretty tough pointed questions of uh, Judge Kavanaugh. Nobody seemed to have a problem with that. So something to keep in mind. Now, remember Christine Blasey Ford? Remember this uh, ridiculous scene that the whole country was subjected to for about a week? I am here today not because I want to be. I am terrified. I am here because I believe it is my civic duty to tell you what happened to me while Brett Kavanaugh and I were in high school. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. I thought it was my civic duty to relay the information I had about Mr. Kavanaugh's conduct so that those considering his nomination would know about this assault. The story had holes you could drive an aircraft carrier through, a fleet of them. Yet Republicans, ooh, they tiptoed around because of the optics. In fact, not one of them had the guts to challenge her. They turned it over. Do you remember that they had somebody else do it? Watch. With that, uh, uh, Ms. Mitchell, uh, you have my five minutes to ask questions. Ms. Mitchell for Senator Graham. It is uh, Senator Cornyn's time, so proceed, Ms. Mitchell. Ms. Uh, Mitchell for, Sen- for Senator Hatch. Uh, now, who's this Ms. Mitchell? She's not on the committee. She's not a senator. She's some local prosecutor from Arizona that they hired. They flew her in so that she could ask the questions because they were afraid of the optics of how it would look. Those men asking her a question. Now they're afraid of the optics. How will look these men asking uh, Judge Jackson questions? Go for it. OK, she can take it. And if she can't, she doesn't belong on the Supreme Court. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, And if things aren't perfectly civil, it won't be the end of the world. Relax, fellas. Let me be clear. We will not tolerate any disruptions from the audience. Any disruption will result in immediate removal. We won't try to turn this into a spectacle based upon alleged process fouls. It won't be a circus. We're off to a good start. As I told you the other... The other day, these proceedings will be thorough, but civil. I am dedicated, as I always have been, to making sure that these hearings are respectful. This will not be a political circus. That's nice, but the commitment to not having a political circus always seems to really take effect when Democrats are the nominees and Republicans, well... Hang in there. That's democracy at work. It's not always pretty, but mm, yeah, that's freedom of expression. No, it's unfair and it's biased. Oh, well, stay with us. We will be right back. Joe, Joe has been caught lying so many times, but now it's about the laptop and I feel like the walls are closing in on him. Be right back. 
Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All I can, I can say, say is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? So uh, the Biden kids have trouble holding on to uh, important stuff. Hunter Biden, the laptop. And did you know that Ashley Biden lost her diary and now it's literally a federal case? More on her later in the week, but you know about the laptop, even though big tech, the media, everybody tried to prevent us from knowing about that laptop, which he did drop off at that Mac store in Wilmington. This laptop was not stolen by the owner. It says on the receipt, if not claimed within 90 days, it's the property of the store owner. All right. This is totally legit. These emails weren't hacked and it's his. New York Times has finally acknowledged what we have known for a long time. And all those pictures, well, they're quite the spectacle, but um, it's really the emails that are so incriminating. And I guess now we know clearly, because I've been through the laptop, I've read the material, why Joe was lying about it every step of the way. So what about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? How are you going to get them to see that you are fighting for them when they're so By dead the way, against you? It's, it's, there's nothing to any of that. Nothing to any of that. It's all a smear. Every major outfit, every serious investigator has pointed out that this is a smear. This is classic Trump. Yeah, that's not true. And he's lying, he's misleading because, well, this stuff is toxic. This stuff is inflammatory. This stuff is incriminating. So in the fall of 2020, he had to lie and he kept doing it. Mr. Biden, what is your response to the New York Post story about your son, sir? I know you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another smear campaign. Right up your alley. No other questions you always ask. You know, some of his lies are a little bit, um, you know, a smear. Smear, yeah, you can be smeared by true information about yourself. He's not being hounded, by the way. These are just a few questions here and there. Donald Trump had to bring it up at the debate. You remember what happened there. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Yeah, he's deceiving everybody, everybody. And he had help, though. He had help from big tech. He had help from Facebook, from Twitter, doing everything they could to suppress this story. And right in front of all of our eyes, the media helping, even on those great big debate stages. Nobody. Take President no. Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. from hell. President Trump, we're, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. <laughs> uh, can't talk about the laptop issue of race. Whatever the liberal favorite issue was, that was more important than Joe Biden's alleged corruption. 
As the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. I know, but three and a half million okay, dollars great. from the let's mayor about, of Moscow. Let's talk about not- I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. Imagine for a moment if that laptop had the name of Donald Trump Jr. on it and 10% for the big guy, his father, and all kinds of entanglements in China, Ukraine, and Russia. You think big tech would have suppressed the story? You think debate moderators would have interrupted Joe Biden to say, no, 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 let's talk about law and order or justice? No. And now this story about the laptop has been confirmed by the New York Times. That was a big event last week. And all the signature Sunday shows, the big Sunday shows, you know what they talked about instead? Everything but the laptop. Three of them actually brought up January 6th. Not a word about the laptop. The laptop is real. It's confirmed. And it may lead to Hunter Biden's indictment for starters. There are all kinds of people out there that you can talk to that they're ignoring. Tony Bobolinsky, a naval veteran, officer, successful businessman. He actually knows how to run a business. That's why the Bidens brought him in. But he wasn't corrupt like them, and he called it out. I'm making this statement to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family, Vice President Biden, his brother Jim Biden, and his son Hunter Biden in dealings with the Chinese. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. How does the mainstream media explain a guy like this? Okay, he's not a Russian agent. This is Tony Bobolinsky. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. They ignored it, pretended it didn't happen. And we're stuck with the bill right now because America has major adversaries, major world complications that we're dealing with. And Joe and Hunter, they're compromised in all of the big theaters of the moment. Ukraine, Russia, China. They were getting money from all those parties. And now they ignore it, pretend it's not happening. The most offensive, though, are these two guys, Chuck Todd and George Stephanopoulos. So smug, so nitpicking when it comes to Republicans. But on this... Not a mention, not a word, all that status, all that money, and they won't do the job that some anonymous man in Iowa wasn't afraid to do. He's 10 times, a thousand times the journalist that these guys are. You remember during the campaign, somebody just stood up and started challenging Joe on these questions. Are you compromised? Did it right to his face? Take a look. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there. You're you're selling access to the president just like he was. So you you're got a to- damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one the has proved that. No. You said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. You know what you said? I- Get your words straight, Jack. Wow. That anger, huh? Um, Joe can no longer say no one has ever said that. That's his big defense. No one has ever said that. Everybody is saying it because everybody knows it. And that man deserves a Peabody, a Pulitzer, whatever. He was fantastic. He's better than all these other guys. He really is better than that room full of reporters, most of them in the White House, because there's a very important question to ask right now. 
Joe Biden and how he's handling the situation in Russia. Um, I'm going to skip Jen Psaki. We all know that she's a liar at this point. But there is a woman in Moscow who paid Hunter Biden's company three and a half million dollars. Here is her picture, Yelena Baturina. And guess what? She qualifies as an oligarch. She's that rich. She was married to the mayor of Moscow. And guess what? She's not sanctioned. You heard about all the oligarchs who have been sanctioned. She's not. Why is that? Somebody's got to ask. And she, (laughs) I want to see him squirm, don't you? We'll be right back. Leah Thomas, the trans swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania. This is abnormal. This is highly disruptive. And it should not be celebrated and embraced, in my opinion. It at least should be treated as a controversial outlier. Not like this. Blame, it's not just today's race. Leah is actually competing in three different events. How do we see the rest of these championships playing out for her? There is so much to watch. So she's going to first hit the pool this morning at 10 o'clock. That's the 500-yard freestyle. The prelims finals are tonight. She's favored to win the 500 and the 200-yard freestyles. She's also swimming in the 100-yard freestyle, and she's got a shot there. But in addition to watching for her winning those races, Hoda, we're also watching for the potential. She is within striking distance of the long-held collegiate records by Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky. So, of course, we're going to be watching to see if she uh, touches those records during this weekend, too. And she's so delighted. She, 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 she's going to break records. Katie Ledecky, a female, up against a, man, a person born as a man. This is a problem. This is not normal. And to ignore it, that's really strange. You can't shove this one down our throats. You don't have the power. Even though you pretend everything's fine, this is not fine. And you're not going to get away with it. Leah, how did that performance measure up to your expectations coming into this meet tonight? I, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for this meet. I was just happy to be here trying to race and compete as best as I could. Uh, it was like a normal poolside or sideline interview. Nothing about how crazy this situation is. And it is crazy. She belongs on the men's team, not with the women. It's obvious to everybody Even the teammates who have been silenced, they have been silenced. So there she is on the podium, Leah, and there are the real winners on the right. First, second, and third, although it's actually fourth place. That's not fair. And there are some, there are some real brave people out there who are basically saying to the mainstream media, to the woke left, get the hell out of here. You're crazy. Like, I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition. And you go into it with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance, if that makes sense. Like, it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity, the muscle development, the body of a man. It's hard. 
What she's saying is reasonable. Now you see the young woman who's interviewing her, Savannah Hernandez, they're trying to cancel her. She's being kicked off Facebook and other platforms because of this interview. You can't facilitate the truth in today's America, big tech. It's having an effect. People are self-censoring now, and that's really a problem. Have you ever heard of the Babylon Bee? It's a satirical uh, newspaper, website, kind of like The Onion. It's absolutely hilarious. Here are a couple of uh, recent headlines that I got a big kick out of. How to take your wokeness to the next level by canceling friends, breaking windows, and burning it all to the ground. What else have they written lately? Uh, Show me another one. There's very clever. NCAA swimming champ caught in possession of performance-enhancing testicles. All right. That's funny stuff. Oh, how about this? Fisher Price releases my first peaceful protest playset with house you can actually burn down. All right, so this is funny stuff. It's satirical, but it's dangerous at the same time. Could that be? And the latest, they put out that Rachel Levine is the man of the year. Now, they're having fun with this, obviously. Do you know who Rachel Levine is? She's a member of the Biden administration, Assistant Secretary of Health, but she was born... Uh, I believe Richard Levine, and at some point in her life, underwent a, uh, a transformation. Now, why did they pick this? Because it's topical. USA Today last week made Rachel Levine the woman of the year. Now, why did they do that? Uh, they did it, according to them, uh, let's see, Levine said she is concerned about the challenges women and girls face related to body image. She ran an eating disorder program at Penn State University and was struck by the pressures of social media related to appearance. Wow, what a trailblazer. Everybody's talking about that stuff. Um, No, USA Today gave her this honor because of her status as a trans person. That's why they're doing it, to make a point. By the way, I don't think she belongs in federal government. She wouldn't give straight answers to Dr. Rand Paul about, well, how children should be treated. Listen. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field, uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Her failure to offer a straight answer on that pretty simple, direct question, it's hideous. The whole thing is, is hideous. So the Babylon Bee made fun of this moment. And what happened to the Babylon Bee? Well, they've been turned off on Twitter, suspended for so-called hateful conduct. They must delete the Levine tweet. The CEO says they're not going to delete anything. If you're a major media company and you're kicked off of Twitter, that's a problem. And here's what's going to happen. Not necessarily the Babylon Bee, but others, they'll start to self-censor. Ooh, we can't say anything about that because we want to maintain our viability. We don't want to alienate potential employers. Who knows? It's a problem. And this is how they're going to shape our society by threats like this. Imagine if you would, if um, 
Alexander Graham Bell said, you can't talk on the phone unless you promote trans rights. Huh? I mean, that's kind of what they're doing here. It doesn't say in the Constitution that you have a right to a phone. It doesn't say in the Constitution that we have a right to a Twitter account either. See where they're going with this? How about uh, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb? You can't have electricity unless I agree with you politically on everything. In the Constitution, does it say we have the right to a light bulb? That's what they're getting away with. And they say, we're a private company. We can do it. We've got to make changes. Not the kind that Levine is talking about. I mean, big tech can't be trusted with this stuff. And I think America should take it from them. I do. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Josh Mendel, Republican of Ohio, former Ohio treasurer, United States Marine, two combat tours in Iraq, and right now he is running for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate. Things got pretty wild last week at one of the debates, but first, Mr. Mendel, welcome to uh, Newsmax. How are you? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you? Terrific. Look, the whole political world, you got them talking uh, at that debate the other night. Uh, set the scene for us, though. How are things going until the moment we're about to show where you were challenged on your experience? What was happening in the debate? Sure. We started off the debate, probably had five, six hundred people at a party center in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And uh, I'm the leading candidate in the race. And obviously, when you're the front runner, people are taking shots at you left and right. And then uh, one of my opponents, this guy, uh, Mike Gibbons, who's a wealthy investment banker who made a bunch of money by sending American jobs to China, he attacked me. And uh, he said that uh, serving in the military, in my case or your case, in the Marine Corps, is uh, not real work. And uh, he uh, managed to insult pretty much every veteran in the state of Ohio and veterans across America. Well, uh, things got very, very interesting. And uh, he attacked you. It looked like you wanted to attack back, maybe physically. Let's take a look at uh, that moment, please. Buying a second, right, you may not understand this because you've I never been in the private. No, you don't. I do. You've never been in the I private sector it. in your entire life. All right, gentlemen, I've worked, sir. Watch. Two tours in Iraq. Don't, don't tell me I haven't worked. Don't, don't tell me I haven't worked. You, you don't know squat. It's okay, right? You don't know squat. Two tours in Iraq. Don't tell me I haven't worked. Back off, buddy. You're going to die. You back off. Never. That'll happen. Sit down. Never. Watch. Watch. We'll square it away with the yeah, wrong dude. Mind. No, no, you're dealing with the wrong guy. You watch what happens. You watch what happens. Hey, man. <laughs> he was messing with the wrong Marine, apparently. Uh, what happened next? Well, he, he lost his cool, obviously, and uh, he was sort of flailing the rest of the debate and, uh, you know, kept losing his composure. And, you know, my feeling is... We've gotten into this mess in Washington in large part, Greg, because we sent wimpy, soft Republicans to the nation's capital in the House and the Senate. And I think conservatives throughout our country, I think uh, America first, MAGA, patriots throughout our country, they're sick of Republicans being weak. And now is not the time for soft Republicans. It's not the time for Republicans who are just going there to be bipartisan and help Schumer and Pelosi get things done. Now is the time for fighters. I think our base, our country wants fighters in Washington to stand up for the Constitution, to stand up for our freedom and liberty, and to stand up for the Trump America First agenda. And if someone gets in my way in that mission, I'll run them over. 
All right. Well, it looked like things were. Did, any regrets, by the way? I mean, look, you look like you were about to punch him out. Do, do you? You mentioned he got out of control. Shouldn't have said what he said. But do you feel perhaps maybe, you know, your response might have been a little over the top? No, I, I, I don't. Listen, I'm going to stand up for every veteran in this state and every veteran in this country. When you've got this guy like my opponent, his name's Mike Gibbons, who, when Trump was running for president, Gibbons was shipping American jobs to China. When I was serving in Iraq, Gibbons was investing in China. And this guy has the audacity to tell me and you and other veterans throughout our country that we don't know what work is like, that we, we never held a real job because we served in the, in the Marine Corps or the Army or the Navy or the Air Force. I'm not going to let this guy get away with that. And so I got in his face and I told him such. Well, you know, uh, they once questioned John McCain and his allegiance to Arizona because he hadn't spent that much time there. And I think he said he's the, the place where he lived the longest was the Hanoi Hilton. It is a price you pay when you're in the military. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily not necessarily lucrative. Uh, it isn't technically the private sector, but it is service, certainly. Certainly it is. And listen, I, I don't think military service uniquely qualifies someone for public office. I do believe, though, Greg, that in, in the arc of American history, there are certain moments when our country would be better served with more men and women in the United States House and the United States Senate who've actually carried a weapon in a foreign land, or in your case, who've who've flown missions in a foreign land, who've actually put their life on the line, who've been willing to risk their entire life for love of country. And I think now is one of those moments when we, when we look at the threat we face with Russia and Ukraine and China, Iran, and the invasion at our southern border, I think our, our United States Senate would be such a better chamber, such a better institution if we had more men and women in there who've actually worn the uniform and served their country in the U.S. military. The election, uh, the primary is May 3rd. And by the way, we have a Fox poll you are basically tied with Gibbons. This is a tight race, um, and it could go either way. Um, final thoughts, uh, uh, Josh, before we say goodbye. Listen, as I mentioned earlier, Greg, and I'll just hammer it home, we need fighters in Washington. No more Adam Kinzinger's, no more Liz Cheney's, no more Mitt Romney's. I'm going to Washington to be reinforcements for fighters. Fighters like Jim Jordan from my state, fighters like Ted Cruz, fighters like Donald Trump. And I think that's what the MAGA America First base wants. But I think it's also what our country wants. They understand that we are in really perilous times. And the way to get out of this is to send fighters and steady leaders to Washington. And that's what I am. Josh Mandel, Republican for Senate in Ohio. Uh, thank you very much. The election is May 3rd. Keep in touch and we'll be right back. So how do we have this picture of Hunter Biden? You got to remember, he took it himself and put it on his laptop, along with all kinds of incriminating emails and a lot of weird stuff. He brought that laptop to be fixed after he spilled something on it to a store in Wilmington, Delaware. He forgot about it. He left it there. This was never hacked. This wasn't stolen. It was rightfully the property of the Mac store owner. And he turned it over to the FBI and ultimately Rudy Giuliani. This is a real deal thing. Yet the intel community covered for Joe Biden. Watch this. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. 
They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Well, yeah, they actually put out a letter. He was deceiving everybody, Joe Biden was, but this letter in it, it did say, go ahead and put that up if you got it, the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, much of it related to his time serving on the board of the Ukrainian gas company Burisma, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Well, folks, that's not true, and they knew it. And now we know it. Those who signed that letter were lying. And we'd love to get the reaction from Rick Grinnell, former U.S. ambassador to Germany, former acting director of national intelligence and a very close ally of President Trump. Uh, sir, welcome back to Newsmax. The New York Times finally acknowledged it. The liberals have to accept it. Will there be accountability for those intel people who signed that letter? Yeah, I mean, look, Greg, this is so late, right? The New York Times coming around. New York Post was banned from uh, social media for even talking about this. Three weeks before the election, 50 former U.S. intelligence officials signed this letter and say, don't look at Hunter Biden's laptop because it's Russian disinformation. Now, let's be honest. They didn't have a single piece of evidence, no raw intelligence, no assessed intelligence, this was made up. There was no report. They didn't see a thing. They jumped to manipulate intelligence three weeks before an election because they didn't like Donald Trump, their Democrats, or both, uh, or for both of those reasons. And the reality is, is the only country that really didn't want us looking at Hunter Biden's laptop was China. Every time the Democrats said, don't look at uh, that laptop. Look over there at Russia, 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 Russia. The Chinese loved it. They do not want anyone going through the details because 10% for the big guy is exactly what we're going to find out uh, who in China was paying 10% to whom. And you know who the big guy is. I know who the big guy is. The New York Times knows who the big guy is but no one's saying what the big guy's name is. Well, I'll do it right now. The big guy is Joe Biden. We all, and they know it, everybody knows it. And now we have a president. And I would love to get your perspective on this. Joe Biden, to me, well, he's conflicted. He has entanglements, as we know, through Hunter in, in China, in Ukraine and Russia. Watching him, do you think he's plagued by these uh, conflicts and it's impacting how he conducts foreign policy right now? I mean, I think the key word that you asked in that question was plagued. Is he plagued? No, I don't, I don't think he's bothered one bit. He's a creature of Washington, D.C. for 40 years, and he saw what happened with the entirety of the official Washington lobbyists and media people and all sorts of politicians. They all rushed to protect him. I mean, I've never seen more Democratic candidates drop out of an election uh, presidential election in three days right before Super Tuesday. It was boom, boom, boom. And you know something was in the background, something like a Barack Obama saying, everybody's out. It's going to Joe, puppet Joe. And uh, Barack Obama needs a third term. I mean, this is exactly 
what was happening. We all know that. And so I don't think Joe Biden is bothered. I think he actually likes being protected by Washington. Right now, he needs to be protected by the ruling party and the reporters who salute to the ruling party. Well, I have a feeling, I don't know, look, they may indict Hunter Biden. That that could happen. And that would mean bad things, I think, for Joe. Hey, by the way, uh, the media, let's not forget them. They covered uh, for Joe Biden. They covered this up. And it happened even on the biggest stage in the world, the debate stage. The whole country was watching. Kristen Welker shut down conversation about the laptop from hell. Take a look. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now no. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what, is this that's where you're exactly going? what This is told. where he's going. Rick, you brought this up and you are bringing it up and I applaud you for doing that. With that moderator, Kristen Welker, I don't think she wanted to hear from you. You're raising questions that are very thorny and uh, she blocked you on Twitter. You want her held accountable. You know some of these journalists pretty well. Are some of them expressing any embarrassment to you that they that they covered this up? You would be so surprised at how many New York Times reporters, Washington Post reporters, they all direct message me or contact me and scramble. They're all scrambling right now to say, oh, gosh, that's terrible. Uh, you know, I, I kind of thought that that was uh, not Russian propaganda. The problem with official Washington when they do that is that they're full of it. Uh, I've been through it too many times. They, they want to pretend to be distancing themselves. They do it privately, but they would never do it publicly uh, because we, we know that they are all for the ruling party. The reason why it's important for the moderator to get some attention here is because she's picked as somebody who's supposed to be completely unbiased. But NBC told her that this story should, should be pushed aside because it was Russian disinformation. And, uh, you know, Natasha Bertrand broke this story at Politico, and just so happens Natasha Bertrand is now at CNN. <laughs> hey, let's not forget Wallace and uh, legions of others who uh, covered uh, this sensitive issue for the Bidens and others and uh, just brushed it under the rug. Rick, I have a feeling things are will be exposed. They are being exposed, and that's going to continue um, Rick Grinnell, we thank you very much, former acting director of national intelligence. To be continued, sir, thanks again. Thanks, Greg. Okay, we'll be right back. Hey, we're going to meet the guy that um, Josh Mandel got into a fight with, Mike Gibbons. He's also running for the Senate. He's on Stinchfield next. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7, East Coast. Thank you.